welcome to Beyond a Parent, a podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Chuck Mead. Hey, I'm Jeremy Autry. Today we're recording from Jeremy's computer. I don't know if you're in this whole Mac versus PC debate, but Macs, you would think are way better, but we've had more trouble recording on my Mac and Jeremy just rolls in with his PC, plugs it in, boom, we're good to go. Apple, if you're listening, we're very disappointed. We're going to need some free products to sway us back. Really? Yeah, Apple should sponsor this. I'm pretty sure Apple is listening to everything. Of course, so. especially this. So yes, I don't, obviously, I, it's on Apple, I think. I think so. So, Jeremy, what do we got going on today? Oh, today we have two expert uh, in the experts in the realm of parenting toddlers, uh, <laughs> because true. if you have twins and they're and they're still kicking and smiling, you are a rock star parent. You truly are. So we have two of my good friends, Will and Sarah Bratton, in the studio. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. Of course. And uh, we are coming off of the episode. We're talking about par- parenting with your non-negotiables. So what are the things that you determine are, these are non-negotiables, this is a standard I'm going to have with my kids, especially when it comes to spiritual things. So, Will and Sarah, why don't you guys just start by briefly sharing with us your, basically your testimony, share about your family, um, a little bit more about yourself, talk about those two awesome kids you guys have. Yeah, so I can start. So I was raised in church. My dad is a pastor, so I was raised in a pastor's family. I came to Christ whenever I was seven years old. My mom actually led me to the Lord. She was with me whenever I made that decision, and so that was really special. Um, so I'm thankful for that and how the Lord has you know, been good to me in my life. And growing up, I was able to grow up in the church, uh, which was a huge blessing. What about you, Will? So similar to Sarah, but not exactly similar. Um, I also grew up in church, but not uh, in a pastor's family. Um, so, but we, we did spend a lot of time in church. Uh, me, my mom, uh, my dad, and my sister. My dad taught Sunday school. I feel like my mom is involved in every single committee that they could possibly put her on. She's on it and at church doing something. And so uh, we were in church quite a bit. Um, but also for me, Campbell Run on Lake Gaston probably had just as big of an impact on my life, if not a bigger impact, than my time at church. And that's actually where I was saved uh, around the age of 10 or 11. At Camp Willow Run? At Camp Willow Run. Yep. Yeah, we, we need to take our teens there yeah. sometime. Parents send your kids to camp. Yes, camp is big. We'll talk about that in a later episode. Just in case you get confused, listeners, the first speaker was Sarah. She has the high-pitched voice. Mm -hmm. And the second one was Will. He's the one that sounds like a grizzly bear. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your profession. So I am a pharmacist. I went to Campbell University and uh, got my pharmacy degree. Uh, Started working at Cape Fear Valley Hospital is where I started my career, but now I actually work from home. Um, I work for the state of North Carolina uh, in the public health department. So what I do. And I work at Campbell University in the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, doing primarily fundraising and alumni relations work. Okay. And you've, I forget if you mentioned this already, you've been coming to Central for how long? We've been coming, well, I'll let Sarah actually tell us. Okay. Yeah. So I started coming in 2010. I was a freshman at Campbell University. And so I kind of started coming to the services uh, off and on. I call this my home away from home church because uh, as a freshman, I felt like I was 
going home every other weekend because I miss my family. <laughs> but whenever I was here, um, I was usually attending church at Central. Um, and then in 2013 is whenever I met Will. Started sticking around a little more. And so we started attending Central um, together. We even joined a young adult Sunday school class that was geared towards young married couples. Mm-hmm. But we weren't even engaged at that time. <clears throat> That's scandalous. Pressure. So, <laughs> pressure. We were the rebels. But... Um, it all worked out because we got married 2015, so going on eight years of marriage, and now we have two awesome kids. Absolutely. So, uh, as Sarah mentioned, she drug me to Central um, when we started dating, which was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she mentioned we do have uh, two kids, <coughs> Michael and Elizabeth. They are two and a half. Uh, they will be three in July. They came into our life uh, back in 2020. 2020. Wow. What a special year. <laughs> Right? Nothing going on. Nothing going on that year. It's funny. So um, Will actually leads the Bible study that um, I'm a part of monthly. And um, before that, uh, before COVID, it was like the young married couples, Jeremy, with no kids. I mean, you know, it's just like carefree. We didn't have to worry about child care, any of that. And then after COVID, we relaunched it and we're like... There's a lot of children. <laughs> They're all two years old. Yes. I, think, I think the first time back, we had more kids than we had adults. I think we did. Yeah. Yep. It just grew, and then, you know, children. So that is awesome. So what does it look like? Um, what did it look like for your family to start getting them into church? Your kids, especially coming out of COVID and getting in the habit of being a part of church, what did that look like for your family? I'll just say, I think it started even before we had kids. You know, I mentioned that we uh, began attending together even while we were dating. And then once we got married, we joined the church together. And we knew um, even before we got married that we hoped to have kids one day. And we wanted to already be settled and involved in a church that we could see ourselves raising our kids. And so we looked for that and we wanted to Um, be a part of a church that had programs available for kids of all ages and not only programs that were fun but you know taught the kids um, the bible and the Mm -hmm. gospel even at an early age and so we found that once we had kids I would say it was pretty a pretty easy decision to go ahead and start them um, in church with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah absolutely Um, you know as Sarah mentioned it was very important for us to to already be involved in the church but I even you know look back and uh, when we first met, uh, and even when we got married, we were living in Coates. Um, and so had a 30 plus minute drive to church. And uh, that was a big reason for us moving into the, this community, mm-hmm. um, is we wanted to be closer to church. Part of that was getting, getting Sarah closer to her job. But I would say just as much of that decision was getting us close to church so that we would be here and be in this community when we had kids to make it so much easier to, to be involved in the things that were going on. Um, as far as getting us into church once the twins were born, you know, obviously 2020 was uh, an interesting time. Um, and having twins in the middle of a pandemic, um, and not just twins, but they were seven weeks premature. Um, and so just trying to take all of those things into consideration as far as you know, getting into the groove of going into church. So it took us a little bit of time, but we also knew and talked about on a regular basis that we knew how important it was to get into church and to get them used to and into the rhythm of of going to church. Um, Was it always easy? No, 
it wasn't. You know, I remember the first time dropping them off in the nursery, and uh, there were some tears shed, not by us, but by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we knew that that's where they were supposed to be, and we knew that, you know, five minutes after we walk out the door, they're going to be completely fine, and they're going to enjoy it. There's people in there to love on them. Uh, and so it was, uh, it, it took a little bit of time for them to get used to it. But once they got used to it, they love it. And Jeremy, you can maybe speak some into this too with Will and Sarah. Like that's a big deal. And you deal with this too as the children's pastor of kids getting dropped off for the first time and that anxiety from the kids, but also from the parents. That's a hard first moment. Oh, what yeah. Will, Will just shared, right? Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Um, but there's a lot of important things that are hard. So if you're at a church, this is the church your family, God has led you to, to be part of, this is something you have to figure out. Um, And it's also from our side, children's ministry, preschool, nursery ministry, we're conscious of it and we want to be help. Um, And as parents, just sidebar, you communicate with us, let us know, hey, this is what I think my kids need. I think this would help with the transition. We want to be on the team. We're there to support you. Um, and um, we specialize in hanging out with crying kids and helping them uh, feel more comfortable. Right. And Will and Sarah, this is, isn't even part of like what we prepared you with, but I just want to ask this. What do you see now your kids being in so that you made that, you know, when it was like, okay, we're getting them in the nursery, we're getting them involved. What do you see now as they, it's been a couple of years of them being in the nursery and what they've experienced? Absolutely. I, I would just say um, little things. I drive by the church every morning on the way to daycare to drop them off. And just about every day when they see church on the drive, they're letting me know, Daddy, 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 church, church, church. <laughs> and then they'll start naming their friends from church. And it, it's amazing to see that. Um, but even you know when we show up on a Sunday morning, a Sunday evening, a Wednesday evening, they are so excited to pull into uh, the church parking lot and they get out and they walk into the nursery like they own the place um, because they love it. Yeah. And, and they know that it's a comfortable spot for them. Mm-hmm. They know their friends are going to be there. They know that they're going to learn things, um, you know, and, and so it really is a, a comfort area for them where they go and they thrive and they get to be with um, other kids that um, and also have, uh, the love of Christ through different volunteers poured into them, which is mm. awesome. That is good. So looking back now from your background with church, I think you guys both mentioned you grew up in church. Sarah being a pastor's kid, like there wasn't really an option for you, was it? Probably for you, the same will, just it was expected. If you want to talk a little bit more about your background with church attendance. Yeah, so like you said, um, growing up in a pastor's family, Going to church was not really an option for us. Um, we were there, you know, every service and any any additional um, events that were taking place, revivals, vacation Bible schools, yep. camps. We were a part of it all, you know, because we were the preacher's kid. We had to be the example and show up. Um, but it was always a positive experience for me. And I think my parents did a good job of not only bringing us to church, but explaining to us and teaching to us the importance of being in church. You know, we come to church to worship God. And then beyond that, you know, that's God's calling for us as a body of believers is to be a part of a church community. And so I think they did a good job of teaching us that as we grew up. And so it wasn't like, oh, my parents are just dragging us to church. Mm -hmm. You know, we understood that importance of it. And I think that definitely 
you know, impacted me as an adult whenever I moved out, you know, whenever I made that decision to find a church home for myself. And then now that we have kids, you know, I hope to instill some of those same teachings um, with them. So, Sarah, you're saying uh, there was a time that you just went to church. Uh, your parents didn't give you any choice, but there was also some teaching, some conversations that went along with that. So that by the time you were making that decision for yourself, you were on the same page as your parents. And the fact that they forced you to go when you were six, but discussed it with you when you were 10, meant when you were 18, you were making the same decision they were right. making. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's making sure everybody's clear on that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Good really? preaching right there, Sarah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, grew up in the church. I mean, I, I, the best I can remember, my mom talks about that with less than a week after I was born, I was in the church. And so, um, you know, that stayed true throughout my entire childhood, you know, serving in different ways um, in, in the church that I grew up in, but then also uh, just be, being there whenever the doors were open, cliche to say, but, you know, we were there quite a bit uh, and involved in quite a bit during during my childhood and so um, you know as Sarah said it, it was it never seemed like a burden um, and I think part of that was my parents I, I saw them enjoy church and so I feel like you know a lot of times our kids see what how we react to things yeah and then they begin to react in the same way and so you know all of a sudden your kid doesn't like water because you don't like water well, does your kid really not like water? Eh, who knows? Um, but they're going to react to whatever whatever the parents are reacting to, um, and they do the same thing with people. You know, so if, if the parents start to 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 talk about people in a certain way, then our kids see that and they react. Same thing with church. I think our kids they see how we react to um, going to church, um, and so for us, it's not it wasn't ever having to go to church. We got to go to church. It, it was something that. Um, we looked forward to that was it was part of what we did. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying, seeing in there, Jeremy, is we're seeing um, it a lot is the example we're set. It's not just what we're saying, but it's the example we're setting of how we value church. And I'm I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but because we're on this subject of there are some objections of of this, and the reason we we love to see you, Sarah. Um, you grew up, and well, both of you, but you were expected to be in church because a lot of the obje- objections to people is we don't want our kids to get bitter. <laughs> yeah. We don't want, we want our kids to make that decision for themselves. And so, because of that, I don't want to force this on my kid because I want them to love it in their own time and in their own way. What would you kind of say to that um, objection and how, you know, I, obviously you two were raised differently? and you're not embittered about attending church now. One thing I thought of, and I think, Chuck, you mentioned this in an earlier um, podcast. Hold on, you listen to our podcast? Yes, I do. Oh, man. (laughs) We can sign autographs later. (laughs) So I'm going to kind of reiterate that because I think it kind of, it made sense to me. But, you know, we don't don't compromise other important areas in our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. You know, an example of that is, going to school or, you know, having an education, most of the time I would say people don't say, oh, you're going to try kindergarten for a day or two, see how you like it. And then if you don't like it, oh, we just won't worry about education. Um, 
we know as parents that that's important for our kids to have an education so when they grow up, you know, they can get a good job and provide for their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's similar with church. You know, we, we've we already stated we believe that, you know, this is what God has called us to do. And so we don't feel like that's something that should be, you know, compromised or, you know, left up to our kids to make that decision. Um, it should be something we help them with now. And so they can make that decision whenever they get older. Mm. I would just, just to add on that, you know, we are the parents. Yeah. And we, we have been placed by God to be the parents of, for us of our two children. And I also think about the, the fact that I want whatever is good for my kids. And I don't want just a little bit of good for them. I want all the good that there is for them. And we see church as good. And we see the things that are happening here in our church as good. And I want them to be able to experience all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Having them here, it, it's a no-brainer for us. It makes sense. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's for us, it's never been a question of um, whether or not we're going to church. We're going to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, two thoughts I had while you guys were talking. First of all, Sarah, the reason that you feel that way is you really believe what you say you believe. Yeah. Their sin is a real problem. Yeah. And everyone's born guilty and on their way to an eternal punishment. You don't want that for your kids. There's a real God. There's a real heaven. There's a real better kingdom. There's a real better way to live our lives. And we believe the Bible teaches that. And all of us as Christians say that. But when the rubber meets the road, sometimes we have a hard time prioritizing Mm -hmm. that. But if it's true, then what's more important than Mm -hmm. corporate worship, religious training, um, the body of Christ serving yeah. together. What's more important than that? But um, when we hit the daily grind, sometimes we get that mixed up. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I love, uh, you said it earlier in the conversation, but um, it's still ringing in my head, the concept of these two twins, how old? Two, two and a half, not even three years old yet, driving by the building, remembering yeah. how much they enjoy being at church. Oh, yeah. Um, if your kids are hating church, Maybe you're at the wrong church. I'm not telling anybody to come to any specific church. That's not the point. I'm just saying that sometimes you need to pray and hear from God and make sure you're where your family should be instead of, hey, this is the church right by our house or this is the church that we always went to. Um, God is is, uh, alive and real and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. speaks to us. And sometimes... Um, the place you're at isn't the place you're at. I'm definitely not encouraging church hopping or shopping or any of that. I'm encouraging parents to get along with God and make sure that you're listening to him and your family is worshiping where you're supposed to be and then trusting God to make sure that that could be a place your kids could be excited about going. Oh, yeah. And Will, you mentioned this a little bit too to me before in a conversation. Maybe, Maybe Sarah, you posted something about how the church really is your village. I mean, it is people. There are so many people um, who contribute to your kids' spiritual lives. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I actually have that written down. I really like literally have our village. Um, But, you know, in talking about, you know, we've said over and over that we believe that God has called us to be a part of this body of believers. Um, And he says this in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so for us, you know, this body, this community is our village. You know, there's adults in our church that, you know, our kids are already looking up to and love and because they are loving them. Um, and so, you know, we believe that this command to be a part of a body of believers does not exclude um, our children. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll add on to that. You know, I, I think it's easy as adults, uh, as parents, to think of church as our place and we bring our kids along. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's just what we do. Our kids come with us to church. I I realize, I don't know if, you know, for anybody who has an older sibling that maybe you were in school with, I, my sister's three years behind me. And so I remember when, when I, when she came to Campbell, we both went to Campbell for college. And, you know, when she came, she was Will's little sister mm-hmm. because everybody, you know, kind of knew who I was. And I remember I left for a couple of years and came back to work at Campbell. And when I returned, all of a sudden, I became Emily's older brother. Mm. I, I was no longer knowing she was. And I almost feel that way in the church now. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, our kids, when they, when they walk in a building, and I, I think about uh, recently, um, one Wednesday night, I think we had the family table not too long ago. And so um, for whatever reason, Sarah was not able to attend that night, and I brought the twins. And we walk into the student building. And I opened the door, and two teenagers jumped off of a couch at the sight of my kids. Mm-hmm. And they jumped up, and my kids took off towards them to hug them. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment that in the church now, I <laughs> am Michael and Elizabeth's dad. Yes. Because they're the ones, this is their community just as much wow. as it is mine. And there are people, like Sarah said, um, whether it's teenagers, whether it's um, other adults, whether it's people serving in different areas around the church that are pouring into my kids. And yes, it is our job to pour into them, but I want everybody who, who wants to pour into my kids to pour into them. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sight to see when the church is the church, no matter the age. Yeah. These are biblical concepts. The idea of the church as a body fitting together. Um, that's not, there's no age limit on that. That's yeah. not once you're here, then you fit in. Right. Uh, and the um, the concept of fellowship is uh, not just hanging out and spending time together. It's mm-hmm. hanging out around the things of God. Yeah. Uh, so um, sometimes we try to find those things other places, but actual Christian community only happens with other Christians. Yep around the things of God. That's what the church is for. It doesn't start when they reach a certain age. Uh, it starts once they become children of God. So the concept that church is for all ages is important because if not, like you said earlier, um, our kids just see our way of thinking and not necessarily always inherit it, but it does infect and affect the way they think. So if we think church is just for adults and you're going to have to endure it, they're going to think that too, and they're going to fall yeah. out of love with church, with church or never have the opportunity to fall in love with it. Yeah. We have to look at it as it's it's for the entire family. And there's it's not just like, even, even our preschool ministry here is not just, oh, we're just going to entertain them, we're just going to babysit them. And I, th- I forget if I've shared this on this or not, but like Wyatt, 
you know, was very, very uh, delayed in his speech. And we had him in speech therapy. And sometimes it felt like we were making, there was no progress. We weren't seeing anything. And he was, but he was also going to Sunday school. And he was going with uh, Renee Phillips, who is his teacher, who is awesome. Rock and, star. Yeah, she is. And one of the things that I remember is before we started seeing a lot of results in speech therapy, and it was good and it helped him, and he's talking like crazy now, but we started to see him singing songs that he learned in Sunday school first. He sang before he was talking. And it was songs that were being taught to him by a Sunday school teacher every single week. And so those truths and those things that they're teaching them, even at in the two and three year olds class, are stuff that he are established in his brain. He is learning the truths of God. I ask him now, God, who made you? God made me. Who made the sky? God made the sky. Everything I say, who made this? He says, God made this. I mean, that is that is people in our church pouring into him and emphasizing emphasizing what we're be, what we're teaching at home because we're on the same team we're pouring the word of god into him and it's just incredible to see it is affecting him right now it's not just something we're waiting yeah. for when he's older yeah so that's good now on the flip side of this and i think this is one of the last questions we kind of told you guys about the argument that jeremy and i hear and it, it's a valid one because sometimes people can take church attendance to the extreme yeah, legalism. and run into legalism, which is, uh, Jeremy, how would you describe, oh, define it? We talk about, all right, how do we define I think legalism? my working definition of legalism is when I take a personal conviction and try to demand it out of other people mm-hmm. and expect it, not just expect it, but demand it from other people. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully, and not always, but it's born out of a biblical concept and how I apply that in my life, and now I expect you to apply it the exact same way. So that might mean, hey, my family comes to every single church event, and if your family misses a a meal where the church is gathering to eat, then that's sin, and you don't love Jesus as much as I do. So how would you guys face that argument if someone says it's legalistic to mandate church attendance? It's legalistic for me to force them to go to church even as toddlers, what would you say to that? Um, yeah, I, we touched on it a, a little bit, I think, um, where Sarah mentioned, you know, just not compromising in different different other areas of, of their life. But, um, you know, I, I, once again, our ch- we are the parents of our children, and we are called to shepherd them and, and to show them good and bring them into good. And we believe that the church is is that good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in church just about every Sunday growing up, um, and I never once thought of being forced yeah. to be in there. Um, you know, it, and I think part of that was the way that my parents, the way that I saw them experience church mm-hmm. made it something that didn't seem like it was being forced. It was just something that we understood that this is something that we do, and this is something uh, you know that they enjoyed, and we we all enjoyed as a family, and that we that we learned from, and that we got something out of. Mm-hmm. So. Sarah, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you know sometimes I hear from people that they want their kids to be old enough to make the decision for themselves, 
And, you know, I think we've already hit on, like, we are their parents and I, and this is important. And so they need us now to work with them and, you know, like we've said, be the example and teach them these things now so that when they get older, you know, they're able to, you know, make a better decision or yeah. make that decision um, in an easier way. And so I think putting it off until your child is old enough, you know, I think is, it could be a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. You have a notebook out. Are you ready to share some things? Okay. Oh, man. That, that looked serious. It, I it was, did look I serious. I was ready for a poetry reading. Or... <laughs> so I want to get real with these last ones. So as much as you feel comfortable sharing, you have twin two-year-olds. We have to just say that over and over again because our we want all our listeners to wrap your minds around having i'm incapable of wrapping <laughs> my mind around which i'm sure at some point we'll interview the walkers and they had triplets so i mean i guess they they got one up on you guys but i just think how much of a challenge wyatt is for us i can't imagine having two wyatts so what are the challenges with having twin toddlers and trying to be faithful to church what does that look like um yeah uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. I don't know where to start here. You're, you're awake right now, which is good. You know? Correct. Correct. You know, one of the things I, I think about and just trying to, you know, the routine of and, and bringing kids to church, especially uh, twins, is Sundays are hard. Yeah. I mean, can, uh, and I know you're, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably going, oh, it's hard for you too? Yeah, it's hard for all of us, I think. I mean, Maybe maybe it's just hard for us. Maybe we're the only ones that Sundays are hard for. Um, I'm paid to be here, and Sundays are so, still hard. And, yeah, and, and I say that our kids are up early. I mean, seven o'clock is sleeping in, and so you know, getting them here in time for Sunday school, you think we've well, got plenty of time. Yeah, we do, and we can get them out the door to daycare in less than thirty minutes. Yeah, but getting them out the door for church on Sunday morning. I don't know if it's too much time, if, if if there's just too many different forces pulling in different directions or, or what it may be, but Sundays are hard. Um, and so it, it is difficult. We've got, uh, you know, twins. And uh, if you know anything about kids, um, the twins share a birthday. And that's the only thing that they really share. Um, and so their personalities are very different. Um if, if you've been around our little Michael, he he does things when he wants to do things and not a minute earlier typically. And so um, usually Sunday mornings, as we're already probably running late, I'm trying to convince him that it is time to put on your shoes as it has been for the past 30 minutes. Um, Elizabeth's probably already talking a mile a minute about her friends in, in the nursery that she's ready to see. Um, and so I, I think Sundays are just hard and, mm-hmm. and it, it does take some time. Um, sometimes we joke about the time we get in the car and get seatbelts on that we're going to need church by the time we get to church, <laughs> you know. Um, but at the same time, I, there's there's no better feeling than pulling up on a Sunday morning and seeing the twins run into uh, into their classroom excited mm-hmm. for um, not only to see their friends, but also to see Renee Phillips, as yeah. you said, um, and, and to be able to go in and learn, and they are—they're taking things out of there. There's nothing sweeter than riding home on a Sunday morning from church 
and hearing two two-year-olds in the back of the seat of the car singing Jesus Loves Me. Mm. You can't beat that. Wow. There's not a price you can put on that. Um, and so, um, yeah. That's good. I'll just, yeah, I'll just add an additional like, specific challenge we face and most parents face, especially with young kids, you know, as far as being faithful and continuing to come to church is sickness. Um, our kids get sick a lot. And little kids, you know, they're sharing germs. And so they get sick a lot. And I remember a specific period of time when they were babies and it felt like it was just constant, constant, constant. And even now, um, you know, every now and then it just feels like it's just, we can't catch a break. And so we have to be careful, you know, obviously we keep them home when they're sick. We can watch church online, which is amazing. And I'm thankful for that blessing that we can still feel a part of it, but we have to be careful not to become too complacent with that. You know, you miss a service or two, it becomes easier the next week to say, oh, it was nice staying home last week. Let's just stay home and watch online, even if everybody's better. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to be careful with that, you know, in our family, especially if it's a longer period of time. And then we're like, oh, you know, we probably should get back in. And so we just have to be careful, um, you know, making wise decisions and being careful not to become too complacent with just, you know, staying home out of convenience. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember this advice being given to me and Katie by the great Jenny Neal. Jenny Neal's so wise, isn't she, Jeremy? She is. Um, and I remember her saying, because she knew what it was like being um, a pastor's family and getting your kids to church, and and Katie and I are all about as much as we can, we like to say structured and scheduled. And Jenny just said, Sundays, you're going to go off schedule. It's okay. <laughs> and that that's still hard for us because we want, we're like, oh man, we know what Wyatt's going to be like if he doesn't get his nap today. And we know the challenge of that. And and But I remember, like, I still think about that advice. Sunday, she said, your schedule just goes out the window. Yeah. It's okay. They'll reset and you can just get them back in a routine Monday. Because it's just so, there's other things more important than just sticking to whatever schedule we can, uh, which is their spiritual development. I know uh, we're going long, so we'll wrap it up. But a couple of thoughts that I had walking through this um, and listening to you say that, uh, we began this conversation with this concept. Um, and I think it's important to end with this and one other thought. Um, we're not just impacting ourselves with the decision whether or not to attend church. We're not just impacting our kids, but we're impacting our grandkids and future generations. Yeah. Will and Sarah said they fell in love with attending church in their families, mm -hmm. and now they're passing it on to their children. Um, maybe you didn't grow up in church, but you have the opportunity to break that cycle and make God and um and the church and the church family, serving him, corporate worship, all those things that are prioritized in scripture, you have a, an opportunity to make that the new norm, the new pattern, the new cycle for your yeah. family, not just your family in your home, but future generations. Right. Um, so th this is important. And secondly, uh, our kids are a blessing from God. Scripture is clear on that. Yeah. God didn't give you a blessing to compete with him. God didn't give me my boys to say, oh, they're so much more important to keep their schedule or to make them happy or to whatever, mm -hmm. that we'll just skip church mm -hmm. and the things of God and prioritizing that 
because these new kids are in our lives. Uh, that's backwards. If God gives us a blessing. We give that back to him. We use that to glorify him, not the other way around. Yeah. And, you know, our our prayer for our kids is that they continue what, you know, what we've taught them and they make their um, they give their lives to Jesus. So I just only imagine, you know, in 20 years, you know, what if we have an interview 20, 30 years with the twins and seeing what they're doing with their own children? And seeing that that cycle continue because of the value and the importance of church. It's almost like Proverbs says to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart oh, from it. What? That is awesome. Will, Sarah, do you guys have any other closing thoughts, words you want to share? I was just going to share, um, kind of to wrap up on our end. You know, as parents, we want to pour, uh, pour into and love our kids. Um, but at the same time, we believe God's placed the church in a powerful and unique position to love and to pour into our kids as well. And so whether it's Ms. Becca and Ms. Jennifer and those that serve in the nursery department, whether it's Pastor Jeremy and those that serve uh, the kids, or whether it's Pastor Chuck and those that serve our teens, we want our kids to receive all that God would have for them and are thankful for a church that values them and teaches them to love Christ at every age. Mm. Hey, that was kind of like poetry. That was. I'm impressed. That was rich. Sarah, any other thoughts for you? I'm good. I think he, he closed it out pretty well. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for taking the time and being with us today. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. Peace out. Peace out.